0: Welcome once again to the Football pandemic. Hey, football year may be finished, but we're only getting started. Hitting some home team stuff this week as we get ready to look at free agency, as we get ready to look at the draft. What a summer. Get ready to join us now for all that and more on the Football pandemic. All right, guys. This is the this is the down week. This is the week when it's kind of hard to find big news, and so there's a lot of like possible news being like brought up by agents uh, about what's going to be happening, which is imminent, imminent. The tag window has opened, but nothing really happening. Too much on that front uh, at the beginning. Uh, I will start off by saying this: we had a huge, huge, huge possible announcement coming from one Aaron Rodgers yesterday, who sent out this cryptic tweet on Monday night about how he was just grateful, wanted to thank everybody, put a bunch of pictures up, and were these pictures saying, oh, look, I'm not in the picture, or I appreciate these guys because they left a space for me in the picture, and here's all this speculation, and everybody's like freaking out. And we know that uh, whatever, whatever, however you say his name, is going to be talking on Wednesday. That's today, right? He's going to be doing a press conference. And then all of a sudden, we know that uh, Pat McAfee's coming back to begin the 2022 football season. He's, uh, he's been on vacation. Uh, they all have. They're, they're coming back. It's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. There was this mysterious tweet. Brian Gutekinds is going to be speaking uh, on Wednesday. We all just knew. We all just knew that this was going to be some big announcement after that crazy tweet that left the world uh, wondering. And so I got on, as many people did, not Brandon, not, not not an owner of the Green Bay. He said, I got other things to do. I'm, I'm busy. I can't be bothered with this kind of stuff but he was making sure nobody was telling him what was going on until he saw it. Right. Right, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got I on about
1: half an hour after afterwards.
0: Well, yeah, you you saw probably just about all you needed to see then. Uh, so it was funny. Uh, I was on there when the when the show started and they're like, oh, my goodness, we already have 50,000 people on here. Let's go for 60. And then it's 60. Then it's 75. Then it's 80. And then it's. 95, and uh, we're getting closer to that, you know, so before they had uh, Ian Rappaport on, he's like, I know you got all these people on here, because I'm on here, and I just want to thank you all for coming to hear me talk, and of course, nobody was coming for Ian Rappaport, they were all coming to see what Aaron Rodgers had to say, gets closer to one o'clock, it jumps up over 100,000, then over 120,000, then 160,000, 165 was the last I saw, and Aaron Rodgers comes on, and the world, I mean, it was just like popping up. It may have even gotten higher than that. And all this speculation. And then he comes on and like within the first minute or so, he says, I just want to let everybody know there's not going to be any announcement. I'm not saying anything about my future today. You know, I just got my head above sand and, and, uh, everybody stayed on there for a minute. And then he like started talking about stuff that nobody cared about. And then boom, like two minutes later down to 50,000 then down to 40,000, <laughs> then down to 30,000. It's like they lost over 100,000 uh, concurrent viewers in the space of a minute. <laughs> Once Aaron Rodgers said, I'm not saying anything, everybody's like, <laughs> and out. What did you think about all that when you tuned in for your half hour of him talking about his just gratefulness and his cleanse, and then I just love my players, and uh, all the stuff that nobody cared to hear about except maybe an owner of the Green Bay Packers. What do you think of that, Brandon?
1: Well, I'm glad he's taking care of his mentality first. We all know that's kind of uh, <laughs> a, a side effect uh, when we look at these people in our society that make money.
0: So this was uh, a, a mental and you're cleanse, seven figures plus, right? This was a mental cleanse, uh, a they, spiritual cleanse.
1: Uh, it, it was a bit mental. Uh, I, I looked up a little bit of it. Uh, it's also a very like diet heavy, and uh, you'll be blowing out of both ends. Nice. So I I don't think I would enjoy it personally, uh, but if if that's what Aaron needs to do, that's what Aaron's got to (laughs) do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, we're glad he's taking care of himself. I don't think he made himself any big fans with the the cryptic tweet, which was just his gratitude, but he had to know, he had to know what was going to happen when he did that, and then to come on and have nothing. For all these people, uh, a, a lot of people that I saw in later chats were angry because of his tomfoolery and uh, of course, you know, Pat McAfee's like, these people have no reason to be angry. You didn't say you were coming on here to say anything, but everyone was expecting. And uh, hopefully that isn't, doesn't turn some opinion against him even more. I mean, he's such a polarizing figure this season and this off season. And uh, uh, we're going to know soon. Not, I, I stick with my guess. I think he's going back. I think they're going to make him highest paid quarterback. And somehow they're going to scrape together a team around him. And uh, kick the can down the road a little bit so Brandon can have more years of purgatory later. But uh, that's my thoughts. That's my thoughts. But anyway, I just I just thought that was worth mentioning. Uh, hype, like I hadn't seen in a long time. You know, this was like... Aaron Rodgers knows he has a command now he has a command when he decides to say something everybody's listening and the truth is everybody was uh Ian Rappaport was on talking and he said he was getting all these texts from high level NFL executives uh, who were watching you know because he was at this ski slope and they were like you know telling him you know be careful watch out. but that means they were watching the Pat McAfee show and you want to know why they were watching because Pat McAfee has an inside line on Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers goes on there and says stuff that he doesn't say other places. And he does it without an agent present. And it's just, it's, 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 it's a different level of kind of insight. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, right now, he's, he commands it, whether it's good or bad. I think there's as many people who love him as hate him right now. And they all tune in regardless because they want to know mm-hmm. what's on this guy's mind.
1: Yeah, Packers Twitter kind of exploded after that. Obviously the remaining like 40,000 people watching were all Packers fans without a
0: doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I just, I was going to try. I'm like, yeah, I like Pat McAfee and I like Aaron Rodgers Aaron and I, I want to listen to this and I'm like, oh, but I don't care. And you know, and I had the other stuff to do. So I, I kind of hopped off, but I knew that my mm. my Packers owner would tell me if anything huge came up. And of course, so would YouTube later and the rest of the internet, but
1: Yeah. I- I don't think there was anything anything new that we didn't know beforehand in the interview when he when he dropped any information. It's it's all previous stuff. It was mostly a recap of the season. Right. Uh, I'd assume uh, he's going to wait until the Packers jury is out on Devontae Adams before he makes an official decision.
0: <laughs> he's going to press uh, it to him like a little bit the more. Big thing. Yeah. He's going to put the yeah. thumbscrews so, on. So you got to keep him. You got to keep him. I'm still in the balance. <laughs> and uh, I, I know. I
1: think it was Ian Rappaport who'd reported in the second half of the season that Packers were planning on franchise-tacking Devontae Adams because he wants uh, $35 million a year right now. Okay. Which is uh, quite quite a large uh, contract for a receiver. Largest especially, by far, ever.
0: Especially when you throw in and, the, uh, what Aaron Rodgers is going to take. You put those two together and they take that much of your cap.
1: Whew. Yeah, it's going to have to be like three decades of <laughs> void years on each player. Uh, Matthew throwing down a light. That's right. I get so angry. About everything that, yeah. No, it, it's going to take a lot of void years and a lot of reworking uh, to make this work around Aaron Rodgers, if that's what the the Packers' goal is moving forward, uh, which I, I'd assume it is, uh, talking with my, my fellow owners.
0: owners. <laughs> Do you talk with fellow and, uh, owners? Except for Abigail. Yes,
1: yes I, do. Okay. I, I do. I do. I can, I can tell you all of them right now. There's my grandmother. She is also an owner.
0: <laughs> yes. Elder uh, statesman. The guy, I
1: get my barbe- the guy I get my barbecue from is nice. an owner. Basically, everyone I follow on Twitter that's a Packers fan is an owner. Okay. So we, we'll we we'll have some communication there. Uh, Tom Grassi, I've communicated with him ro- once. Uh, he's an owner. He's an
0: owner. Right.
1: So we. I, I've talked with a few. I'll, I'll talk with more as uh as my ownership goes on, uh, obviously, I'll have more time to meet people. Growing and networking. It's, it's only normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, the, de- the dean of my college is an owner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're all over the place. But, but talking with a, a few of them, uh, I think we're all in agreement that Aaron is back. I know a lot of people are going to want to make the the similarities to Brett Favre, and it's just about correct, except Aaron's not retiring and coming back. He's just not making a decision and coming back.
0: He's definitely pulling some Favre muscle right now with uh, the whole what is going on with him at the end of this Green Bay tenure thing.
1: And what a better expert on Brett Favre than Aaron Rodgers to do that. Yeah, you got to think he's going to start talking to Favre, like, what should I do, you know, something like that. (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) Favre kind of went through the same
0: experience. I don't know that he would ever go with a a Favre mentor. (laughs) That that wasn't so good when they were both there, according to reports.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just a physical toughness that he had learned from Favre that was kind of uncanny throughout the NFL and what Favre went through injury-wise and was still on the field. And probably every sack he took, he should have been taken out for concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the NFL was different, very different back then.
0: Different world. Well, uh, it's going to be exciting again for the next few weeks because uh, by March, well, he wanted to know, he wanted to like let everybody know, he said by like late February. Well, that's this week, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to get into March unless it's like next yeah, Tuesday. He said.
1: Yeah. He said his initial goal was uh, before February hit ended, but he also said definitely before free agency starts.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, he's got um, three weeks. Yeah, free agency officially starts the sixteenth of March. So,
0: a lot of big, big stuff's stuff gonna a lot of big stuff gonna be happen before that date. I know uh, that's a big uh, circled date on the Colts calendar because everybody's wondering what's gonna happen with Wentz. And there's people trying to start rumors that, oh, there's trade talks heating up with Pittsburgh and with this place and with that place. And it's like, I don't know who in the world would be like, oh, yeah, let's talk trade, knowing that the Colts are probably going to move on unless they're like, we don't want him to have an open market. We want to just get him. so, uh, But I know that's that's big for the Colts. That's big for the, for the Aaron Rodgers announcement. I don't know if there's anybody on the Washington Commanders gonna make any announcements tyler heineke gonna say anything before free agency uh-huh. hey guys i'm still I here i think
2: we're more so <laughs> yeah i think we're more so in the market for a quarterback rather than looking to trade one
0: yeah i've even heard that you know, people saying I, carson Wentz would go to washington i'm like i don't know that i would wish that on my friend josh
1: i think i heard that uh mitch trubisky is a free agent this year yeah i've seen he has his one year contract year. with buffalo
2: yeah I've seen him blinker, you know, rumors of, you know, maybe it was just on him or maybe you should, you know, do something with him, you know.
0: You know, the worst part of right now, and maybe this is something Josh has experienced, but there is like nobody that I'm even excited about the Colts getting. I don't think the Colts are going to be in the Aaron Rodgers thing as much as some people like to talk about that. I just don't think we have the money or the picks or whatever it would take to get him if he decided not to go, which I think he's going to decide to stay. I don't know that I feel like I would be excited about Russell Wilson. I know that sounds wrong and weird, but um, mm. Jimmy Garoppolo, he doesn't light a fire under me. I know people are like, oh, you know, he's a pretty serviceable guy. He does pretty good. And it's like, he doesn't excite me. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he plays great in blue. Have you noticed that? Well, I've Anytime only seen
1: a blue uniform. It's like a completely different guy.
0: Maybe that's the secret. Maybe. But like, it would be, okay, so last year, Last year, just before the Carson Wentz trade, me and my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law is a Chicago Bears fan, and we were both like, "Oh, I I hope you get wins. I hope you get." I was like, "I hope the Chicago Bears get wins. I hope we don't." And he's like, "Oh, I hope Indy does." And then when Indy like traded for Wentz, he like sent this big laughing tweet, and I'm like, "Oh, dang it!" But then like somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle of uh, him kind of coming over here and then getting into the season. I started to say, okay, hey, maybe maybe everybody was wrong and Carson Wentz is going to come back and this is going to be great. And, you know, he looks like he's coming back to form. And, you know, we were winning a bunch of games after those first few losses where there were some really close ones. None of our losses were blowouts. All of our losses were, like, really close. And our wins were often blowouts I mean when we won we won big and when we lost we lost by like a field goal several times and like by one score once it was a it was like one of those where okay a few things go a little differently and this could be a very different season Carson Wentz might be and then as we come to the end and we hit those last two games and then all of the media probably influencing me I find myself back to uh Carson Wentz if we go with him again is it just going to be wasting another year so I wasn't excited when he came and that's how I feel about all of the possibles out there everybody's like oh get Jimmy Garoppolo oh get Russell Wilson oh get uh Deshaun Watson I'm like yeah like that's even going to be a possibility in division and do I even want that guy that guy's got so much trouble I don't know when he'll play again and I don't respect him much if he does uh, even if he is a good football player and um Gardner Minshew I heard uh what's his face, Um, Brandon Perna talking about, or somebody, Ah. somebody talking about like, oh, they need to get, they need to get Gardner Minshew. And I'm like, none of these guys excite me. Somebody was like, oh, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. I'm like, I don't want to have to pay $43 (laughs) million to Kirk Cousins for just Kirk Cousins type play. Uh, It's hard why can't we all just have a Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck starting off in their career, sitting in our franchise, just making us full of hope and excitement. It doesn't happen often. I just want you to relish where you're at Brandon Colmark still with a franchise, at least in, in, in name and in thought right now, you're still with a franchise quarterback that you feel really good about because it doesn't always last. And when you get rid of him, you may, you may have the crazy, strange three-peat of Jordan Love being the next Brett Favre-Aaron Rodgers handoff, but I just doubt it. I've even heard rumors that uh, the Colts are looking at Jordan Love. Uh, if, if Aaron Rodgers stays and restructures, they're going to get rid of Jordan Love and the Colts should go there. And I'm like, I don't, I don't feel good about that either. <laughs> I just don't. There's nobody that I'm like super excited about. I would take Trevor Lawrence, now but were, I don't think we're going to get him from the Jags.
1: You were excited about the potential of the Colts drafting Jordan Love back in 2020. I do remember that because he was a name that yeah. was on the Colts radar just a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So may, maybe his name is still on their radar. It's very possible.
0: You know, though, all those drafts, when you're looking at them, I remember thinking Justin Fields. I, I, might, I might get excited about Justin Fields. Who knows? I never really thought much about Mac Jones. But, yeah, who knows who could come in. It's like uh, Chris Ballard said, uh, every year there's an answer. It may not be the best answer, but it's an answer. <laughs> so I think that's what we can just take it from Chris Ballard. that That's probably what we're getting this year. Maybe not the best answer, but we're going to have an answer. So
1: With that, uh, we do have the best answer available for the Pittsburgh Steelers with their new assistant head coach slash linebackers coach, higher Mm -hmm. uh and who is that josh who do we got there ryan flores he's made his way back in the nfl
2: after all these racial allegations whatever's against him but he's made his way back
0: yeah this is one of those things that you know when uh this sort of thing happens a lot of people are hesitant to to be involved until the situation is resolved you know there's a lawsuit against the nfl against um broncos right and 49ers i think uh but anyway uh, they they got Brian Flores. Hopefully that works out well. It doesn't seem like it was a, a move up for him. You know, he went from head coach to back to not even defensive coordinator, right? He's just a defensive specialist or something.
2: Linebacker coach, assistant coach, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I assistant remember head coach.
0: I remember thinking the Colts should like look at him. And then we got Gus Bradley from the Raiders. And I'm not going to lie, I don't know how excited I am about Gus Bradley. I don't really. Kn- I haven't watched enough Gus Bradley to know, even though he has that Legion of Boom and uh, whatever he did with the Raiders and the Jags, you know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But I remember thinking, Brian Flores, maybe, maybe at the Colts. But you have to wonder if all those reports about him being really hard to get along with with the other coaches and in the um, office, if any of that's true and what that's going to mean for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I tell you what. Him and him and Mike Tomlin, when they take off their hats, they look so similar. They got the bald head. They got the beard. When they put the hat on, you know, I never think of the bald yeah. head being under there. I always look at them and I see the beard and I think, oh, yeah, they got hair. And then they take their hat off and they're bald. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what they look like without their hat. Because I never see them without their hat. Both of them.
2: We've, we've all been saying his assistant head coach um he's actually uh he's actually took a step down you know originally so like it's I, i've you know made an error but he's actually a senior defensive assistant and a linebacker's coach not an assistant head coach
1: uh,
0: okay okay there you go so whatever that means and it looks good you know the i think uh, someone pointed out that uh he is now hired by the the institution um that the Rooney rule was named after and for um Rooney there the owner so, any other news this week before we get into our our Homer Awards uh, that have been long overdue? Uh, season season ended, and we've got to get some awards handed out here, get some people some hardware on these teams, right? But anything else before that that uh, that happened in the league? A lot of talk about. I, don't know. I mean, Kirk Cousins being on the move, but I don't yeah. think he is. I think uh, I think that coach that came in said that they really want to build around him. So, and I just don't see how I think this is kind of the common thought in the media. I don't see how they could trade that that cap hit, 43 million whew, or oh, whatever yeah. it is.
1: Yeah. I personally love the idea of building around Kirk Cousins. I really do. I of think course it's a move on the Vikings.
0: Of course you do. Yeah. Green Bay fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think we're going to we're going to have a lot more news coming up here in uh, the next couple weeks, uh, three weeks for sure. Once free agency hits, that's when, you know, free agency, I'm just going to throw this out to all of our listeners. Free agency in the NFL was what really got me hooked on Twitter way back in the day, because I remember realizing for the first time, oh man, I can have this news immediately. Like you can get on, you know, ESPN or whatever, and they're doing that rotational news. That's just the same for like, 24 hours of this, the three same stories. And you're just like, so bored out of your skull. And, and then you're like, Oh wait, there's like websites like, uh, bleacher report, you know, team stream, I think is what it used to be called. They get stuff faster. And then I'm like, Oh my goodness, Twitter, that's even faster. That's like, Almost mm-hmm. instantaneous, and you can know the big trades that are coming. And so uh, that's when I started really getting into Twitter way back. It's been years and years ago, and uh, I, I do like free agency time on Twitter. It's always fun. Watching the speculation, but also watching for those blue check marks saying, this is happening, Ian Rapoport, um, Adam Schefter, Schefter. You know, the Schefter. big the big names. And then you there's a, there's a lot more names coming up now that are kind of getting those inside scoops that you watch for. But yeah. That's coming up. Till then, we have some hardware to hand out today. I'm going to hand it over to Brandon today to run us through something that we're going to call our home team awards, analytics, looking ahead. I don't know. Explain it to us, Brandon.
1: Well, this is basically just a thought I had had to give recognition to certain players on our team that maybe aren't the blue chip players that we all know and love. Oh my goodness. Uh, I only so- picked the
0: blue chip players for my team. <laughs> <It's-> oh. <laughs> I better get back to that roster.
1: Even if it's only the blue chip name players, maybe you can impart some wisdom on them for our listeners and why you gave this specific player that award. Uh, We have multiple awards going out, and we're going to go one by one, team by team. Uh, I'll start with the Packers at all times, and I'll kind of explain what this award means and then give the player for the Packers that award and kind of explain why I gave it to them. And then we'll go down to our Washington commanders, and finishing up up with our baby horses.
0: Hey, by the way, I just wanted to throw out there this little uh, accolade to Josh. Uh, Somebody was, like, tweeting about, oh, this quarterback could be in any one of these teams. And both Washington and Colts were in there. And uh, Mm -hmm. they do the hashtag with the the kind of saying for the team. And, you know, the Colts have always been for the shoe, for the shoe. Uh, But I saw take command, and I'm like, I like that. Take command. That's a Thank strong you. one. Yeah. The other ones were like fins up, and you know, I can't even yeah, remember what ones. they. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what they all were. But I'm like, take command. That's not bad for a hashtag. Yeah, I like that.
1: Probably the best thing we got out of the name.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump in. Jump into our words. We'll take command with them.
0: Take command.
1: Which is also going to be the title of this podcast episode. Hashtag take command. Take
0: command. I like it. (laughs) That's going to be done.
1: All right. So our first award that we have that we're handing out is the Dark Horse Award. And this award is basically a player that came into the season with medium level expectations and really exceeded and propelled some aspect of this team to an area that you didn't think it would be propelled to for me, I put Rashawn Gary on this award and this can kind of be a bit controversial in a Packers land, but I give it to Rashawn Gary because last season, we only saw him a little bit when Preston Smith was not performing well. It's all about the Smith brothers. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he did exceptionally well for the chunk of the season he was in. So I knew what he was capable of. And he comes in this season and they were rotating between Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith up until Zadarius Smith uh, got back surgery and was basically out the season until this first playoff game. Rashawn Gary put up, according to PFF, he was the number five uh, linebacker in the NFL. Number five. I mean, that's just, I had expectations for him. It really wasn't a top 10 linebacker, but cracking top five, great position for Rashawn Gary to be in moving forward. Yeah. This Green Bay team.
0: It's a good dark horse, one that I don't hear a lot about. What about our Washington Commanders dark horse?
2: Um, I have put down actually kind of two names. You kind of see that recurring as I put down multiple names for an award. But um for my dark horses, I put down J.D. McKissick and DeAndre Carter, both guys who came in within the last two years or so on one-year deals or two-year deals or something like that with him, Ron Rivera. And um, they both played, like, really well for their position. J.D. McKissick being, like, a third, third down back and receiving back, you know, get the uh get the receiving yards that needed in the flats or whatever. Or get the short short yardage that needs to be done, you know, fourth and one or whatever. And DeAndre Carter was brought in as I don't even know if he was brought in as a receiver, more so as he was brought in for a kick returner, but he either way he served both positions really well, more so kick returner. I think he had a kick return touchdown, but a lot of these guys are gonna see down this list are more so guys that Ron Vera brought in under minimum contracts, guys who like the top not the top names, you know and they like exceed expectations. That's what Ron Greer really does well. And these are two guys that have done it the best of like, the last two years.
0: When when looking at my dark horses for the Colts, I would have to say I, I got three names on here. Michael Badgley. Um, we had uh, Blankenship, who was such a great kicker and was doing so well for us. We liked his rec specs. I like everything about him. But he got hurt. And uh, we ended up having to depend on a guy named Badgley that I didn't know anything about. And he ended up being pretty much perfect with the kicking coming in. And he did what he needed to. And so I feel like he could be considered for that award. Also, uh, Kenny Moore II, you may say Dark Horse. Are you kidding? He was uh, Pro Bowl and and All Pro and all this kind of stuff. Uh, But before this year, he was not that. And, uh, he had been there doing his due diligence and, and being a solid player. And he came in this year and kind of really turned it up and turned into that player. And a lot of, a lot of people now recognize the name Kenny Moore, but before this year, it would have been a little harder for people to, to know who he was, but he is now when they talk about, Oh, the Colts have a defense on, uh, you know, an all pro on all three levels, you know, they talk about, uh, DeForest Buckner up front. They talk about Kenny Moore. I mean, they talk about Darius Leonard as a linebacker and they talk about Kenny Moore uh, as one of those defensive backs, uh, saying we have an all pro on all three levels. Uh, he's made that name for himself. And the last one I'm going to throw in there as far as a dark horse is Danny Pinter. And you may be like, who? Unless you're a Colts fan. Uh, so we have a, uh, an all pro center that had to take some time out this year. Danny Pinter stepped right into that for. Brian Kelly. He stepped in and just did amazing. And, you know, I've heard people say, you know, Ryan Kelly's a pretty big cap hit. We should get rid of him and just roll with Danny Pinter. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if I'm there yet. Cause I think it's nice having just, uh, Danny Pinter does multiple places on offensive line and does them well, but, uh, it's nice having that depth. And I think you gotta have that depth. So I I'd rather keep both of them if possible, but I know those kind of decisions have to be made at some point, you know, to let somebody go who might be popular, but expensive. But those are my those are my considerations for Dark Horse. What about the next area, Brandon?
1: Uh, our next award we're handing out is Offensive MVP. And for me, uh, most people listening might think this is obvious with one or two names, uh, that being Aaron Rodgers, who is the NFL MVP. Uh, but I thought that would be a bit too easy just to put here. And the next name that's pretty obvious is Devontae Adams, who's a freak of nature in the receiving world, and in the past few seasons, has constantly been rotating in somewhere between the top three receivers. And at any any point, you can argue any three of them are the best receiver playing the game right now. And I also steered away from the Devonte Adams option because that to me seems too obvious. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go with a player that I absolutely love, and this is not a surprise on this podcast. I've praised him time and time again. And if you play fantasy football against me, I think you also know who this player is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I gave it to AJ Dillon, just how silent he is and how effective he is on the football field. He's not on, he doesn't play hundred percent of snaps. He's not the big flashy guy you want. He's just the big bulldozer that you see coming Mm -hmm. and may not be able to get out of the way. Uh, but this was a, a really interesting thing. So the number one running back, according to pro football focus in the NFL is Jonathan Taylor,
0: right? No but surprise to,
1: but number two Boy. is AJ Dillon, Yeah. And he's not even the starting running back. Yeah. Aaron Jones is sixth. Yeah. And so AJ Dillon having the same level of consistency as some of the top running backs in the league is exactly why I gave him our offensive MVP award. And I will probably give it to him again next year if he has the exact same season. To be honest, and you'll just, probably see. I believe him, in H. A Dillon and his process.
0: You'll probably see him start to take over more and more of that lead lead back role at some point. I think mm-hmm. he will overtake Jones. Yeah. Uh,
1: what do you got, Josh?
2: Um, my offense offensive MVP. I put. um it's kind of hard deciding, but like of course the com- Commanders don't really have any write right, like, good um, star receivers and star players on offense. <laughs> so it was pretty easy. I was deciding between Antonio Gibson and Jerry McLaurin, and I decided to go with Terry McLaurin just because of the fact that Antonio Gibson, um, sometimes he catches catch the ball, but basically he's running the ball, and, of course, he had a 1,000-yard season. But he also had a really good offensive line. But with Terry McLaurin, he had, like, a little bit over 1,000 yards. I think it was, like, 1,100 yards. And he's so underrated for what he, like, for who he has to play with that Taylor Heineke like a a below-average quarterback. I'm gonna say it. a Below-average
0: quarterback. Ooh. I, I can't Faith in heineke yeah. is gone. <laughs>
2: I can't believe I'm here. He's taking but, command. But I'm <laughs> taking command. I'm gonna say it. But um, if you put Taylor Heineke with like any other legitimate quarterback, like Rogers or Russell Wilson or you know whoever, any any big man market names out there, he's gonna thrive and he's gonna become a top three receiver in the league because of that the quarterback you know legitimacy he has and he doesn't have that right now but if he has that, he can become like a top three receiver. And that's why I put him as my MVP. All
0: right.
1: Yeah. I, I'm going to make a, a quick comment here. I've always been a big fan of Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. but I feel like he's in that same realm as Alan Robinson, who is also silently an amazing receiver, mm-hmm. yeah. but has never been paired with a superstar quarterback. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I, I, a lot of respect for the, those guys that keep their head down and they work really hard it's hard to make it work they'll because, produce results yeah,
2: yeah it's hard to make it work and i've seen the way it's like the only person i've seen though do it like constantly over the period of time is Larry jail. and mm-hmm. like it's not it's not you know common for you know bad qb play to turn into an elite receiver
0: right
1: yeah it, Some of my favorite catches this past season have been Terry McLaurin. They've been very, very impressive. And the coverage he's been against and how he's been able to adjust his body and change his routes ever so slightly to get the ball. He's, uh, yeah, I agree with Josh. He could be a top three receiver if he had an elite quarterback.
0: Well, for the Colts, I don't think it's any surprise. Um, You know, I I like Brandon. I thought, okay, is there a way I could go a little – off of what everyone expects off off expectation. Uh, but I can't, it's Jonathan Taylor. It's our running back that all year was maybe considered possibly an MVP player. And, you know, I looked at, okay, is his success because of someone like say Quentin Nelson and Quentin Nelson was hurting out several games and he still produced with whoever they put in that line. And he was still dealing with, uh, what's his name? Eric Fisher, who I don't think is a great left tackle. I really wish we didn't have him, but, uh, we don't have a better option right now at left tackle. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, because he just did what he had to, and he never, like, pressed for more, uh, he, was, he was whatever the team needed. If the team needed to throw it, he was fine. If the team needed to run it, he was fine. Uh, maybe it would behoove him a little bit more to, like, be aggressively for the run. I don't know. Uh, here toward the end of the year, Carson Wentz checked out of a lot of called runs, uh, to do passes, but Jonathan Taylor was the guy.
1: All right. Moving on to our defensive MVP awards. Now for the green Bay Packers, I think we could go a lot of ways with this based on how the Packers defense performed this past season. Very surprising in my opinion, <clears throat> with how, <coughs> with how consistent their play was. Now, some people might be thinking, Oh, an Adrian Amos or maybe a Kenny Clark or Rashawn Gary, if he gets the Dark Horse and this award, or Preston Smith. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Rasul Douglas. And this, is, this might not be the most popular opinion, but I feel like I have good reasoning for it. PFF ranks him as the 16th best corner in the NFL. Without Rasool Douglas, Rasul Douglas single-handedly put away three games for the Packers as a single defensive player. So without Rasul Douglas, the Packers finished the season 10-7. and seven. And I think everyone remembers the interception heard around the world that happened in Arizona. On the last play of the game, Kyler Murray throws a, throws a pass out to A.J. Green. A.J. Green retires mid-route. Rasul Douglas picks it off to finish the game. There was a couple other games in there uh, where he had pick sixes to put points on the board and finish the game off for the Packers. So for me, that's why I gave him the defensive MVP because he did something as a defensive player that you never see around the NFL. He was putting away games for a franchise. Mm -hmm. And that is a really good quality. That is the reason I put him here in this position to win the Packers defensive MVP award for 2021.
0: Good call. What about you, Josh? What's going on with those commanders defensively?
2: kind of the same thing with the offense it was like there's an obvious answer because of how you know high the expectations was for the defense and how low the defense actually played but I think the obvious answer is Jonathan Allen um I don't know if he got I'm pretty sure he got all pro but if he didn't he deserved it I mean he did get the pro Bowl. I know he'd gotten gotten to the pro Bowl. but um for how he played for a decent so defensive tackle like you know get to excel in pass rush rather than run, run stopping defense. He's almost up there with, um, with Aaron Donald as a top three, top five defensive tackle. And nobody gives him the recognition he deserves because of every single for every first round pick we have on defense, on that defensive line with uh, Deron Payne, Chase Young, Montez White, and Jonathan Allen. We all have, we have all these stars, but they'd focus on them as a group rather than as singularly. And Jonathan Allen is the guy they need to focus on singularly.
0: Mine's uh, no surprise either. Uh, for the Colts, Darius Leonard, everyone knew he was um, all pro in his first year. And uh, for the what now three of the four years, he's been a pro bowl and I can't remember the stats, but they know he's good. They're planning for him. And yet he still uh, takes the ball away almost more than anyone else in the, in the NFL and uh, just is all over the field. He fires up the, the rest of the offense. I, I consider DeForest Buckner. I think DeForest Buckner is hugely needed, uh, but right now, DeForest Buckner, he's getting a lot of double teams. He's not getting to put up like the same kind of numbers until we get some edge rushers, until we get somebody who can like uh, make the edge a little scarier all the time. Uh, he's not really going to shine the same way. Darius Leonard is the one for us.
1: All right, moving on to our most improved or our most surprising player. Uh, for the Packers, I think this one is a uh, is a bit obvious on who I put here. I have Devondre Campbell, who is ranked second among linebackers in Pro Football Focus's eyes. And I put Devondre Campbell here for this main reason. He went... From the Falcons, and not a lot of success there. Then he went to the Cardinals, and not a lot of success there. Moved to the Cardinals practice squad. Packers pick him up. Boom, he's an all-pro player. Like, going from a practice squad to an all-pro player is easily the most improved player. I mean, Mm -hmm. the amount of difference between most practice squad players and most people that are first-team all-pro is a big difference. And for a player to do that just by coming to a different organization within one season. And my eyes is most deserving of a most improved player. And I know, I know Packers fans were not big on the Packers signing of him or Rasul Douglas until we saw them play. And then we were all in for them.
2: Um, yeah. Most improved or surprising player for me. Uh, I have three listed because like I said, the expectations were low and they you know, they raised them, but I have Ricky Seals Jones at tight end who played, um, Behind um, Logan Thomas until he got injured, you know, through the season and put on IR, but he played as a backup tight end should be, I guess, as a starter, you know, he played serviceably and he played, you know, well enough to make the team and, you know, have these catches that, that, you know, moved us forward when one of some games, et cetera. I think one of them that stuck out to me that made me choose this guy was, um, I can't remember what game it was, but it was like a game winning catch or something like that. Back of the end zone, corner of the end zone, tiptoe in the end zone, he caught it or something like that. And one missed the game or it was the game winner, or something. Time running out, I can't remember what it is, but that kind of what that's kind of what stuck out to me about this guy. He he makes these catches, he's reliable, and he's a backup tight end. So he's you know we have a one two tandem with Logan Thomas and him and and I'll talk about him a little bit later. But um, DeAndre Carter, another guy who um I said was low, low expectations, raised the bar on them um, with kick returning, and then you know kind of like the Devin Hester thing, but he kind of raised them because he's also serviceable wide receiver. And then probably the most one I was more impressed with was Landon Collins, who we, everybody at the beginning of the year, first four or five games was like, we need to cut this guy, you know, cut him up his contract. I don't care about the cap space we have with him, et cetera, et cetera. And then we searched, um, switch him to sub linebacker. We was like, where Landon Collins was like, Oh, I don't want to play there if I'm not a, a safety, I don't want to play, et cetera. But he thrived in this role and he's starting to embrace it himself. And Everybody's like, all right, we need to reset. We need to keep this guy, you know, lower his contract, you know, let's do what he need to keep him, et cetera, et cetera, because of how he played some sub linebacker.
0: Well, looking at the Colts, most improved, surprising. So when you, I think those are two different ones for me. Most improved, uh, I think Michael Pittman. Uh, definitely made a step up from his from last year to this year. Uh, really kind of came into that. I'm the number one wide receiver. The problem is there's no other wide receivers really after him that did much of anything. Uh, as much as some of those guys can make a catch here and there, they just didn't do a lot. Uh, but Michael Pittman, uh, tough runner, um, gets it and and still continues to go through some really hard tackles. But I wouldn't call him the most surprising player because I think everybody expected him to be our number one right receiver this year, uh, expected that jump that, that occurred. Uh, I would say probably Rak uh on the corner uh, when he was playing really good. Problem is he was hurt, and uh, I don't, so I don't think I'd put him there. I think probably the most surprising for me was Quidipe, um rookie, uh, and he started to make a little bit of a name for himself even in this rookie year uh, as a pass rusher, getting in and putting pressure, and he's got to do better. Uh, the Colts need edge rushers like crazy, and he could develop into a uh, really good one, so you're going to see his name again later in this list, but uh, probably for most improved, I would go Michael Pittman for most surprising, pay.
1: Moving on to our most disappointing player, and I know if you look at You look at the season stats for a handful of Packers players, you could argue for a number of people, but there's also a backstory to it. And I don't want to include someone in here that was injured for most of the season. So like a a Robert Tunyon, like he was, he got injured in week three and didn't see the field again. So it's not fair to put him in Mm -hmm. when we didn't really get a full evaluation of him. Uh, Some people on the Packers Twitter put MVS in this category. MVS was another guy that was injured most of the season, but also had zero dropped catches and, when he was on the field, Packers only lost one game, which was week one against the Saints, which mm-hmm. was a blowout, of, a pod blowout. So it was Every part of the team, yeah. What the, yeah, and so, uh, but when MVS was on the field this past season, the Packers scored 35-plus points in those games. Mm-hmm. And so this Packers team, even mm-hmm. if you don't want to admit it, is better with MVS on the field yeah. because he's quick and he draws attention. And he kind of figured out how to catch a football and that's dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. And so for those reasons, I'm not going to list those players, but I am going to list a player that started because of an injury. Uh, And he's, he's a younger guy. I understand this. uh, But when the time calls, you need to step up to the plate. And I'm going to put Royce Newman here who alternated between our two guard positions this season and whatever, Tetris pattern, Adam Senevich put put our offensive line in Mm -hmm. Uh, but he was ranked number 62 in PFF out of 80 and so he's right there at the bottom, he is a perfect backup And I think that's where he should be while he's still a young player. Uh, I was just disappointed that he would be missing blocks and missing reads. There was still quite a bit of developmental stuff that he needed to do, Uh, but he's young and I still think that he can do those things. He just needs a bit more time to really solidify how to do that.
0: Josh, you've got a, you've got a bevy of players that are your most disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, Walk us through. Is this the rest Um, of the team? The The rest of the team. team. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) But for mine, um, Jamin Davis, our first-round draft pick, I mean, you come in and you, you know, as a first-round pick, you know, you're like, all right, it may take some time to develop. But, you know, he didn't de- – like, he wasn't as expected. I mean, you know, especially with the people who were drafted after him and um, Nick Bolton, I can't remember what round he was drafted, I think a third or fourth or something by the Chiefs. He played better than Jamin Davis, and especially um, the Joker. I can't remember his name. Like, Jeremiah Owosua, Kamara, something like that. Yeah. But by, the, by the Browns in the second round or whatever, he's playing at a very high level for a rookie. And just to see those guys compared to Jamin Davis, it's just kind of like, why did we draft him? And then I remember um, Ron Rivera drafted him over the over JOK because um, Jamin, Jamin Davis had a military background. So he kind of, you know, understood these things, understood, you know, this needs to be done, et cetera. He understood rules, basically. He understand you know, authority, basically. And this is kind of sad to see that's why we drafted him or one of the reasons we drafted him rather than, you know, play, playing factor being the major part of it. But I'm hoping he develops. I mean, like like uh, Brandon said, this guy's only a rookie. You know, he can develop, you know, if we put him in the right position. Next guys up are uh, Dustin Hopkins and Chris Blewett, you know, both kickers that we had a long line of, you know, bad kickers. We finally found a guy, it <laughs> seems like. But these two guys, I mean, Chris Blewett, like, he didn't have an arch to his kick. It was just a straight, I don't know what you call it, but a straight straight line of a kick. And sometimes they fell short. Sometimes they were blocked. And Dustin Hopkins, he just, you can never tell if he was reliable or not. He was always missing. But, he seems to be finding a good place in, in, in the charters. So, I mean, I'm happy for him, I guess. Chase Young, I mean, he only played seven, eight games, but, um, like, like I can't really put an injury guy in here, but for what he had, I guess for, like, the role he had last year, like, you know, defensive rookie of the year, you know, expect so much of him. He only had one and a half sacks over, like, eight, nine games or whatever. That's just, I guess he played a half a season, I know, but that's kind of disappointing for, you know, one and a half sacks over a star player, you know, your future at defensive end. Dude, you only one and a half sacks. And then... Obviously this the most player. Disappointing player this player this player what's this winning player every year every year uh, you know since 1999 or whatever it's is Dan Snyder no, <laughs> the
0: explanation, owner player. no
2: explanation needed not yeah. even a player yeah I, he's had like 0 yards and zero, zero yards He's no good down, Zero receptions yeah he's <laughs> just I don't even know why he's still he's like 45 or something he's still on the team why is he still there <laughs> oh
0: man oh uh, well aside from your Dan Snyder pick i think my favorite on that list is Blew it just because of the name you blew it blew it (laughs) for the Colts uh I think it would be very easy most disappointing player for everyone to jump Carson Wentz and truthfully I I'm partially there uh and it wasn't because his stats you look at his stats his stats were fine they were very respectable but uh through this season he was never the quarterback who could pick the team up and and carry them when needed uh, he could do okay if the team was doing okay, but he could also have some epic meltdowns. He would hold the ball too long. He would do weird little left-handed shovel passes that got intercepted. It's just he didn't show up in the games he needed to uh, late in the season. So uh, Carson Wentz could very much be there, but I think I would. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give this award to Eric Fisher. Uh, Eric Fisher came over and he was a, a veteran presence. Everybody's like, "Hey, Eric Fisher's free. You might get him," but. He hasn't been good. Uh, I, I think he's he's been very pedestrian, and uh, uh, he got beat a lot. And so some of that Carson Wentz pressure was because of Eric Fisher, uh, among others. But uh, Eric Fisher would be the one I would hope. I don't know which one of these I hope would not come back next year more. Uh, we'll see. But that's it. Uh, for me, Eric Fisher, even over Carson Wentz.
1: You know, I was hoping Carson Wentz was going to be the answer, so we can say he came and went. We still uh, might, but I, we <laughs> Wait, we might. Well, it, it, is, it is still out there. It's still out there. You know, there. we could
2: say. I mean, if he if he succeeds, like if he stays and he succeeds next year, we could always say. I mean, it's kind of a playoff. What one word gone? But we could say he he came, he went, and conquered.
0: <laughs> we could say that. I don't know that we will because we, we I think could, he might be yeah. gone. <laughs>
1: We, yeah. we could keep with the he came and he went's so if he stays and does good, but apply it to the Eagles. Yep. So <laughs> at, this point, at this point,
0: I as a Colts fan don't feel like I can make fun of the Eagles at all because right now all I see on the <laughs> internet is how the Colts were fleeced by the Eagles. Laugh, laugh, mm. laugh out loud. Ugh. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's go ahead and look forward to the player we want to watch next year. And obviously I'm a Packers fan. You're a Colts fan. You're a commies fan. We all want to watch our entire organization do well. Yeah. But in the back of our head, there's always one specific player that we felt like if you just adjust something slightly, they're going to, they're going to go off and they're going to do great. And in my head, I have this as Darnell Savage. Now Darnell Savage just finished his third year with the Packers, his rookie season, exceptionally well for a rookie. He did great. He made a lot of rookie mistakes. I expect that from any rookie across the NFL. Great. Second season, improved a lot. (laughs) Played more in the slot and covered those slot receivers, and that's really where he found his groove. Fast forward to the end of the season. Mike Pettin, no longer defensive coordinator. Joe Barry comes in, has a different idea of how he's going to use Darnell Savage, takes a step back. Now, I know... Joe Barry is going to be looking at this. Matt LaFleur is going to be looking at this. And all the Packers owners are going to be looking at this. And we want Darnell Savage to come down a bit more and maybe work a little bit in that slot and for the Packers to draft some fast dude that you can throw back with Adrian Amos. And so you're not exactly using uh, Darnell Savage with what his roster says he is. As a safety, you use him more of a as a safety corner hybrid because he can. in like Collins, boats. yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he's gonna just thrive in that position. And so I put him as a guy I'm looking forward to watch next year for if that happens. And if it doesn't happen, you'll see me take to Packers Twitter and uh, we'll we'll try to settle some beef there.
0: Use your voice, but that's that's right.
1: who, <laughs> that, that's, that's who I've got.
0: What about you, Josh?
2: Um, for me, I put. Terry, just simple, you know, straight out. Terry McLaurin with a better quarterback, like I oh. said, with my MVP. So you, know, you really,
0: you really yeah. are off of the Heineke train. You're, you you're, you're expecting him to be gone.
2: I'm not. I'm not expecting him to be gone. I'm expecting him to take that backup role. Or because this, uh, quarterback draft is so thin, like all these quarterback and the quarterback trades, like Rogers and Wilson and Watson, they are expecting so much. I can expect us riding with Heineke for another year and then, you know, waiting for, you know, maybe the next year's draft where it's, you know, you know thicker or, and, and better with quarterbacks. But I can also see us drafting a quarterback and develop, developing him under Heineke or maybe signing Fitzpatrick back or something like that. But I just want to see Terry McLaurin play with a better quarterback. I mean, he's, I don't know what year he's on. I can't remember. I think next year is his last year or something. So we need to re, we need to resign him. I mean, playing with a back quarterback and playing as good as he is, you, you don't not resign him. You know what I mean? So, uh, just playing with a better quarterback, I guess. But um, I moved Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel, from my disappointing list to my what I want to see next year because what Brandon said about the injury—he was injured for most of the season—and if he can fit into a wide receiver two role under under uh, under T- uh, Terry McLaurin and thrive in it with a, another quarterback, and also you know because remember he was a Debo Samuel before Debo Samuel, he was a running back, he was like whatever. You know, if he can do that for our team, I feel like he can really improve. From you know his injured role or whatever. I mean, we don't have a good history signing wide receivers, so I'm hoping this one works
1: out. Where he becomes the wide back.
0: Yeah. Well, for the Colts, for the player I'm most looking forward to watching next year, I've kind of already mentioned uh, one of these: uh, Quitty Pay. Uh, I've longed for a return to that time when we had Dwight Freeney and Roger Mathis uh, just terrorizing quarterbacks. If we could get some players who were in that league again, and Pay in his first year looked good. If he could get better, uh, I always love watching... um, Sacks happen to the other team, and so I would love that. And going along with that, uh, and I don't know if I can even remember how to say his last name, Dio Oben. I'm like looking for the name, I can't find it on the roster to even try and pronounce it. But uh, uh Dio or Dio, uh, also uh, someone I'm looking forward to seeing some improvement. So, both of those guys, Quittypay and Dio, came in, they were drafted, and they were injured. Uh, we knew they were not going to play from the beginning of the year, and they both uh, got healthy and did get in the game, and they both looked good in the time they were in there, but I see uh, there could be improvement, so I'm excited to to watch them next year. I also put on here uh, a name you guys may remember me being so excited about at the beginning of this year. He wasn't ready for prime time. Michael Strawn. Michael Megastron, uh, I still think he's going to be a good receiver. And when I say we need a wide receiver behind Michael Pittman, I think we need to get somebody. I would love to see, uh, and this is another question down here, uh, you know, Robinson come to this team (laughs) or somebody. But I would love to see Michael Strawn kind of step up and – make himself known to he just had learning he had to do. He he wasn't yet ready for NFL speed with all of his physical uh, ability. He needed to learn how to run the routes a little bit and how to, how to get the speed of the game. But I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. So those are my three.
1: Yeah. I remember when, uh, Matthew drafted Michael Strawn in our fantasy league. That was to. like Matthew's dark horse that Man. was going to demolish everyone.
0: You have to, and you have to take that it did kind not of. Last bet.
1: Very long, but yeah, <laughs> you, you have to roll the dice sometimes. And Remember um, the name sometimes though. It, it, yeah, sometimes it works out well, and sometimes it does not. But on this podcast, we will not forget Michael Strawn. Michael Strawn. He will be in our. In our heads for a long time. Maybe I'll draft him if I'm like the slot above Matthew Ooh, just before Matthew gets him. That'd
0: be a, that'd be a real Josh move, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did that last year with Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and that that turned out for me?
0: Oh man.
1: Yeah. I remember drafting
2: right. well, him though because you were saying something like, "Oh, I don't know if he's gonna." He's like, "You're like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna draft him because he's I don't know how he's gonna do with uh, Hines and Mac back there." And I drafted him.
0: Yeah, I thought it was, I really thought we were going to have a strong committee approach, but boy, was I wrong there. And you took him just before I would have taken him in that spot. And then Mm -hmm. coming back the other way on the very next round or some round later, uh, I think it was Jacob McCormick took uh, Rodrigo Blankenship just before I was going to take him. I'm like, dang. And then somebody did that with the Indianapolis defense. I ended up getting the, I think I got the Indianapolis defense in Rodrigo, but I never got Taylor. Why not, Josh? Why would you not drop the (laughs) possible MVP, best (laughs) rusher, anyway?
1: All right. Well, let's move on to some players that uh, need to be cut from our team uh, for multiple different reasons and sometimes it's hard to admit that this player needs to be gone because they've had so many good memories with your organization and you just want them to be there forever because you feel like they never change and they play the same all the time and Matthew knows exactly what I'm talking about he's gone through this heartbreak so many times and pains me to say this it really does because my whole life watching green bay packers football this has been the guy in this position it has not changed there was there was a couple weeks a couple seasons ago where he was spending time with his wife during her cancer treatments which is what he should be doing but she's all better and he took quite a bit of a dip this season I think mm-hmm. it's time to let Mason Crosby go. It's hard, and isn't it? I I love Mason with everything. It, it's it's very hard to say, because I've watched him over two decades be so yeah. clutch with this yeah. Packers team, and not really falter in what he does. I I remember when he came in. He looked, he had the exact same facial hair I did. It was black <laughs> with black hair, and now it's white.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep,
1: that's how you know
0: there is a change. He's done
1: such an excellent. <laughs> Such an excellent job. A Packers Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, he has all of the Packers kicking records right now. He, will no, he, won't be, he won't be in Canton, but he'll be in Green Bay for a long time. Hmm. And he'll never leave our hearts. He's going to be one of those guys. But the Packers need to get rid of him before I start getting bad memories. Yeah. Because we are going to remember what they most recently did. You we, always do.
0: Which was pretty bad this last and year.
1: It was bad in comparison, but I feel like it's going to get worse. <laughs> And I, I do not, I do not want to take any chances. He's the one guy, it pains me to say it, but he needs to be gone. And I, I, I love you, Mason. When you listen to this, uh, you can come to Texas. We'll go, we'll go get dinner. We'll go get some barbecue, but it's time for you just retire. Don't even let the Packers cut you. Just retire and, and go from there.
0: Maybe you'd be interested in trading for Badgley. Just send Jordan Love over for Michael Badgley. Hmm. We'll go back to Blankenship. Everybody will be happy, right?
1: We'll send you uh, Royce Newman. You, <laughs> you need some help on the offensive line. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but big fan of Mason. If he retires, no doubt Packers Hall of Famer. Uh, but that that's who I got. I'm going to, I'm going to stop before I I get more emotional about this. And I'm going to let, I'm going to let Josh take off. My
2: player that needs not to be resigned or needs to be cut. One of those two, um, Brandon Scherf. He's on a franchise stack, like the second or third in a row. He's an elite guard, but like, he's always, he's never played a full season. I don't think and he's always injured. So to play, pay that much money. And he wants, like, he's reported that he wants, you know, top, top guard money. No I wants to pay like the best guard in the league. And, I just don't feel like and I feel like the ownership feel like that we shouldn't be paying that either. So to just to let him go, you know, save him money, you know, draft maybe draft someone better, sign someone better. I feel like that's the right move. And then Troy Apke, um, he's a serviceable special special teamer, but I feel like you can put anybody at special teams and develop them to be really good at that role. Whereas Apke, he's just really bad on really bad on defense, takes bad angles, he has speed and but he's just bad in coverage. He's only good at special teams. So he needs to go. I know he's not a free agent, but we need to cut him. And then a few role-slash-backup players that I really don't pay attention much to that need to, I guess, free of caps, we have more say than we have, I guess.
0: Yeah, we'll all have some of those role players that we let go and we're like, oh, okay. But yeah, when it comes to those, it's like, uh, like Brandon was talking about. You have these uh, players that you really identify with that become part of your organization and you remember when they were really good, but you realize that hasn't been for a few years. And I think for the Colts, that's T.Y. Hilton. Loved him with Andrew Luck. They were a connection every time. He had some games against Houston that just lit everybody up and it just a, a good receiver. But that's not been for a few years now. And the truth is, I think it's time to, to move on. We had a one-year contract with him last year. Uh, I think he's considering and talking uh, with Jack Doyle about should we retire uh, truth is, I see both of them possibly retiring, Jack Doyle and and T Y Hilton. Uh, so uh, I'm good with him going. The the one though, I think we should let go, whether he wants to retire or not, is Eric Fisher. But I know we can't do that unless we have somebody better. And right now we don't. <laughs> so uh, that left tackle's been a problem uh, since Anthony Costanzo left, which was last year was the first year. Uh, I think unless we can find somebody, I mean, we have to figure that out. So Eric Fisher, though, if we can find somebody, I would like to see him
1: gone. Let's go ahead and move on to players that need to be re-signed with the organization. Uh, And for me, this is, it's really easy. It's Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas, two guys that we know what they're capable of, and they add so much value to their positions on this organization, in this organization. And it's without a doubt, the two people in my mind that need to be Resigned now, and I'll get into uh, another name for our, our next section, but that's who I've, I've got.
2: For me, I kind of have a little bit of longer list than I thought I should have had, but just look at the free agents and look how they play this year. I have J. McKissick, which is like I mentioned a couple uh, segments ago, our third down running back, our um, and Cornelius Lucas, Cornelius Lucas, our left tackle, Cam Sims, our wide receiver, Bobby McCain, our free safety, Ricky Steels jones a backup tight end, Adam Humphries, our slot receiver; DeAndre Carter, our wide receiver and kicker turner, and then Joey Sly, who is finally, I believe, to be our answer at kicker. But all these guys, besides Joey Sly, because he's technically a starter, they've all played as a backup, slash a role player. You know, they put in when they needed, they're and they thrive when they're needed. That they, you know, they play their they're a role player, so they, they play their role really well. And they you know they're put in and they do their job. You know, so I feel like these guys these are the guys that need to be signed to have depth at that position.
0: Yeah, for the Colts, um, there's a few. Uh, the first one I would put on there was Marvell Tell, uh, cornerback, and uh, I think he's already actually been re-signed. So uh, the need was already taken care of by our organization. Uh, the other that I have on this list uh, would be Mark Lewinsky. Uh, he's a guard with us. Uh, he came in and uh, he was just kind of a backup, kind of fill the place that he's needed, and he's just been solid. And uh, so he's a free agent again this year. And I think just having that depth, somebody solid, he's not going to like command a lot of money around. You know, it's not like he's super known around the league, so I think we can keep him at a pretty good price. Uh, and then uh, Al Qaeda Muhammad uh, started really looking good this year uh, as a defensive end. Uh, again, there may be somebody better we can end up getting in that spot, but he's beginning to learn that role well. And uh, I think we can get him for a decent price also. Those are the guys that I would say re sign. I'm, I'm for re signing the ones that are very moderate contracts, but very high production. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not looking at any big stars here. Um, so, yeah, those are the guys.
1: All right, and our last group, we have players that you'd like your team to sign in free agency, trade for, or draft. Uh, I know we'll get into a draft thing uh, later on in the offseason when we can kind of evaluate who our teams are looking at and we can look at those players as well. <clears throat> uh, but my big name, and, and this might come as a surprise, because I don't feel like Green Bay is going to re-sign Devontae Adams unless it is a franchise tag. And so he'll probably be franchise tags, most likely, because it saves us $15 million. Like, that's quite a large number. Uh, And outside of that, I think a young, determined kicker to replace Mason Crosby. Uh, Team we either draft, uh, trade for, or sign a free agency are, are two big things that I think the Packers should do.
2: For me, um, obviously the most important on the list, and we've already said that we're looking at a quarterback. But um, I want a, I want a quarterback basically, and whether it's, I don't want to, kind of like Matt, I don't want Deshaun Watson just because you know you don't know, like if you're going to pay that much for him, you don't know what's going to happen with his uh, the allegations he has against him. What but a waste! I'm, what like a waste
0: to- of a really good talent. Don't you think? Know, By the yeah. way, he was like so good and so high. If he would have like, if they would have traded him just the season before all of this happened, they could this have got so much. And uh, but it's like, what a waste! What a waste.
2: Um, I'm kind of looking at uh, quarterback wise, Kenny Pickett. I mean, I've seen comparisons. To him, like uh, experts say, he's compared to uh, Derek Carr, a couple other quarterbacks, and Derek Carr plays well. He's very underrated, and then. Russell Wilson, of course, you know, his age, we can draft a quarterback, you know, the prod to to, uh, to guys to learn under Russell Wilson and kind of the same with Rogers uh, trade for Rogers. And right now, with a fellow packer owner, I'm gonna propose a trade right now. We trade for we can give us Rogers and we'll give you Cameron Cheeseman and a first round pick.
0: Just
1: one. Uh, <laughs> and, oh Cameron Cheeseman though, Cameron Cheeseman, that's all you need.. Um, there. How about Cameron Cheeseman? We'll send you Rogers and our cheese curds. And every first round pick until you're no longer the commanders.
2: Oh <laughs> I, I don't know how long that's going to be. That's a hard
0: bargain there, Brandon. <laughs> All
2: right. Um, I'm going to – how about Rodgers and cheese guards for cheese man and every first round pick until Rodgers retires.
1: So we get like Three two or four. first round picks? I'd say two to four, yeah. Hmm. How about we'll give you Peyton Manning's statue from the Indianapolis Colts Stadium. Hey, you can't cheese do that. For <laughs> Cheeseman. Cheese you,
0: you cannot do that. We'll just
1: pick him up on the way down. Pick him up on the way down. D- uh, does Peyton Manning get to play? Or is he that just That's just the statue. It's oh. just the statue. you got to put him outside your facility and let people think that he's there. I'm going to actually have to climb that one. <laughs> if he can't play, we don't have an answer quarterback, then that's, that's out of the deal. But um He might be a better option, put a statue in. Maybe, hard, hard he to hard sack.
2: hard hard to tackle, just yeah. Do a direct snap. Just put him in the backfield and it's like he's right there behind the center, but instead do a direct snap to Antonio Gibson and he just runs. Yeah, there you go. But um um anyway, um the wide receiver, we need to resign a wide receiver to pair with Terry McLaurin, you know, maybe Curtis Samuel's the answer, maybe he's not, but to, if Curtis Daniel is the answer, to have three good, really good receivers along with a quarterback is going to be really good. A free safety is really in need. Of course, we I said we need to resign Bobby McCain, but he's more of like a, a role player, you know, get put in whenever the other guy's tired. And I'm looking at uh, Jesse Bates from Cincinnati. He's on, he's a free agent. And then Marcus Williams from New Orleans is also a free agent. Another, um, actually, I'm going to release um, a guard, because like I just said, uh, like I said earlier, i uh, a, Probably not re-sign Brandon Scherf because of how much he's wanting for, um, but I feel like we should hashtag take command and sign another guard for a lower deal. I'm looking at Connor Williams, I, I think, from the Cowboys, I'm pretty sure. But um, lastly, uh, a linebacker, more so a middle linebacker, to put with uh, to with, put Atlanta Collins and then Foyce, uh, not Foyce, uh, Jamin Davis on the outside to pair with those two. But I'm looking at Floyd Aludicon with really fast speed from uh, and with okay coverage and really fast speed from uh, Atlanta.
0: Well, let's uh, let's talk about some Colts that we would like to see signed. So, uh, we have, and we will talk about the quarterback situation. But I can tell you of the quarterbacks who are actually free agents right now, not ones that would be like a trade because they're they have one more year. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers and Russ Wilson are really not free agents right now. They they each are still under contract. Uh, And I don't think either one of those are going to happen anyway. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a trade that could happen. But when you look at the free agents of quarterbacks, I am inspired by none. None of the ones out there. Um, So the problem is I think the Colts are really making a decision to move on from Carson Wentz, but I don't know what their plan is. And as much as I hate to admit it, if you don't have a better plan – We've got to kind of ride with Wentz one more season. Ugh. So I don't know what the Colts will, do. Colts will do there. We'll keep watching that situation. But what I can say is there's some wide receivers I would like to see. I could take Devontae Adams. Send him on over, Josh. Devontae Adams to the Colts. I mean. would take it. I would take it, no problem. Uh, but really, the one I kind of more realistically think could, would, should happen is is Allen Robinson. He had a kind of a down year last year, but he is still really a strong receiver. And I think on a, on a team, he can make a difference. You put him with um, Michael Pittman Jr. That would be, that'd be a pretty good punch. You know, we might be losing Zach Pascal. Zach didn't, I mean, he did a few there. You know, we had Paris Campbell who was injured all the time and has been injured all the time. Those guys aren't really going to be the ones. I think we need one more good one. So I would take Allen Robinson. I know a lot's, a lot, lot of people would, but uh, could also go with like a Chris Godwin, uh, who's a free agent also, maybe a Mike Williams. Uh, but my, my top choice probably right there is Allen Robinson, top realistic choice. Uh, the other thing, you know, we don't need a running back. Uh, we possibly are leaving tight ends, uh, losing tight ends. I told you that we would probably be losing um, uh, tight end Jack Doyle. Uh, and so I could see Zach Ertz, who is a free agent coming in if we end up keeping carson wentz Zach Ertz could be a good pickup there that really depends on what's going on with uh with carson wentz uh you look at the the rest of our positions there are there are people you might want to get uh, i talked about really wanting an edge rush maybe von miller you know if he ends up not going back but i have a feeling he's going to be expensive and I don't know that we can go in a lot of expensive directions with this. Uh, so uh, I would I would love to see someone like Yvonne Miller, who still has it, still, still made plays in that Super Bowl, uh, still vital. Uh, Allen Robinson, uh, those would be the guys.
1: That's the last of the hardware. It looks like we got some mm-hmm. good things to look forward to and uh, gave out some nice awards to some deserving players.
0: All right. Well, uh, I'm super excited for the way our teams ended up, even though – Two of us did not make the playoffs. There's promise there, but there's also so many huge question marks, not just on our team, but also on the strong Green Bay Packers, who were the number one seed and then lost right there in the first round. Big question marks for them about how do they keep those big stars and still have the team they need with their you know cap space issues. For us, uh, I think there's questions at who's your quarterback and what's the rest of your team look like. Uh, is going to start unfolding here in the next few weeks. So those of you who uh, hang with us each week, definitely stick around for the next couple because they're going to be exciting ones coming up here. Stick with us on the football pandemic for more football.